Teaching math is hard, and it's even harder if you hate math. When you're an upper elementary teacher, you're expected to be an expert in all of the subjects. So it can be hard to reach out to other teachers when you need help. And if you don't feel supported by your admin, then it's easy to feel completely lost and hopeless when it comes to teaching math. No wonder so many people hate it. But don't worry, you're not alone. You're now part of the best unofficial math PLC for upper elementary teachers learning to love math. Hey teacher, and welcome to the Learning to Love Math podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm a STEM teacher, math tutor, and the TPT seller behind Math with Minis. In just two years, I went from basically being math illiterate to having students make two years of gains with math in my classroom. I create courses and resources like this podcast to help third to fifth grade teachers foster math hack fluency without the stress. Welcome to our PLC. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Usually I'm sharing ways to teach math and little motivational tips and tricks to kind of help you get through the school year and the school day. And I guess this one isn't different in that sense. But I want to talk about something that is so real, not only for all of you right now, but for me. And it's part of the reason why there haven't been as many episodes. So I can't remember whether or not I said it on the last one, but those who are close to me or those of you who follow me on social media, you know that I actually uh, was diagnosed with COVID, that I got COVID. And, you know, at first I wasn't too nervous. I'm relatively healthy. I'm relatively young. I'm only 33. And so I wasn't really concerned until I got to the hospital and was told that I actually have um, really high blood pressure already and that I'm at high risk for blood clots, which was very surprising to me because previously I was anemic. And so then it all became very real for me. And yes, of course, I know COVID is real. It's been real this whole time, but it became real for me personally, if that makes sense, because I live in such an isolated place that I hadn't seen anyone get into extreme case of it. So I knew it was extreme far away, but it hadn't hit me personally, I guess is the best way to say it. And so it really, um, it really, really rattled me, especially because the quarantine measures on the reservation, understandably so, were so extreme. Um, they actually had like a biohazard sign outside my house. Um, it was kind of wild. And if you're more interested in like learning about that, we can always chat in the DMs on Instagram. Um, I don't want to say all of that here, but it was just, it, it was just really alarming. And um, the, I actually got the monoclonal antibody treatment. By the way, if you know anyone who gets that and they're at risk because of a number of factors, um, definitely tell them that it's an awesome thing because it made me sicker for about two days, just like the vaccine would. But then I was bitter, better almost instantly, like within days. So I'm so grateful for that. Very thankful that was available to me. Um, and I feel obviously much better now, but I had, I had a cough for about four weeks, three, the last three or four weeks. So it was definitely a longer recovery time than I thought, but what really got me were the mental health implications of that. I already struggle sometimes with loneliness and feeling kind of isolated just because of living and teaching on a reservation where I'm so far from other people. My nearest family lives about 30 minutes North of me, but I haven't really been able to see them throughout the pandemic because I haven't wanted to endanger, um, you know, my stepdad's getting older and his health isn't great. And so just out of respect and like an abundance of caution, I haven't really been seeing them much, but obviously that takes a toll on a person, you know, and then anyone who knows me knows that travel's a huge passion of mine. And so that outlet, that thing that I usually look forward to so much with every school break, you know, no, no travel for the last two summers, uh, nothing on fall breaks, spring breaks. And when you spend that much time just alone in your house, 
it can be easy to get kind of caught in your thoughts. And that's exactly what has happened in the last couple of weeks. And I'm not saying that to put the blame on myself because I think that's a huge problem right now. And I'll get into that in a second. I was already feeling a bit of teacher burnout and demoralization, which I do think they're two separate things before the whole pandemic started. And I think that I'm not alone in saying that a lot of teachers joined me in that, um, that like there were already so many things that were just so hard and just unnecessarily difficult. And that just exacerbated everything. And I'm not even talking about teaching online or like low online attendance or the measures going back. Like, yes, those things have been stressful, but it's just this kind of across the board feeling of of hopelessness that you're sensing from some of the students that you're sensing from your colleagues. And it's so hard to encourage students to think about their future and to encourage them to learn about things like math facts, which I do think are important for learning math. But yeah, in the overall grand scheme of things, sometimes it can feel like a really fruitless and futile effort. And I actually posted um, I actually posted a reel about that on Instagram yesterday because I think I sat in the car for like an hour after coming home just because I was so exhausted. I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to go inside and I definitely didn't want to take my stress out on my husband. So I wanted to give myself some time to decompress and I posted a reel about it and I was kind of floored and and surprised by the response, but I guess I shouldn't have been that so many of you are feeling the exact same way that you love teaching, you love the kids, you love the students, but sometimes you're wondering like, do you even love teaching itself or do you love the idea of what it could be? Do you love the dream and the possibilities, but maybe you're just really frustrated and just exhausted with the, the with the reality of it? It's crazy that in 2021, this is in September when I'm recording this, in September of 2021, I'm seeing a record number of teachers saying they're burned out and beyond exhausted. And we're only like, some of us are only three to four weeks into the school year, maybe a month and a half or two months, but still it's very just very surprising, but maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe it shouldn't be surprising. But I wanted to share a couple of trends I've noticed and just some things to look out for and some ways that you can kind of advocate for yourself. Because I've, you know, seen that if we don't advocate for ourselves, no one else is going to. So I think that's important. Um, Like kind of little tip number one, or just something to keep in mind is that demoralization and burnout are two very different things, but they feel the same. And there's a really cool article about this and I'm happy to share with you, but demoralization doesn't necessarily mean that you're burnt out, right? Demoralization means like you're not, you're not really seeing maybe the previous rewards that you would have seen in your work. And I think that part of this is just because of like how much teaching has changed in general, but especially within the last five to 10 years, I mean, so many changes since No Child Left Behind, but it's a whole other conversation. But I mean, the last five to 10 years in particular, you know, veteran teachers have said that things just aren't the same. And of course, things will always change, but for the worst, that the connections that they've made with their students, it's getting a little harder. It's getting harder to connect with parents. Um, The demands are higher and not just like academically rigorously, but the demands of the teachers, like what we're expected to do, what we're expected to perform and little things that maybe other people that are not in the classroom would see as perks are being taken away. Like healthcare is just increasing. And so when you think about teacher salaries staying the same, like stagnating or even decreasing in some areas and then healthcare costs going up, it's literally like your pay. It just keeps getting cut and cut. And so it's easy to see why some teachers are so, and some, so many teachers are so frustrated and feeling so demoralized because those things that 
really drive them to teach aren't really coming up as often anymore. And the drive and the benefits of teaching don't seem as strong. And so if that's where you're at, I hear you. And I know that you can feel demoralized without feeling burnt out. Like you're like, okay, I can give this another few years at least, or like, I'm going to keep going. And sometimes you just have to, you know, just take it day by day, right? Like this day was terrible. Okay. We'll try again tomorrow. But I also want to say at the same time that if it's getting to the point where you're feeling that every single day, like you're hoping for the next day to be better, but that today isn't like that it just keeps end up being like Groundhog Day every day is bad, then I would say like I support you in looking into other options. I think we have a lot of pressure as teachers to say that we're just going to keep going. We're doing it for the kids. We're going to stay strong at the expense of ourselves. But the problem is nobody else is going to live our lives except for us. Nobody else is going to make those decisions to take care of us except for us. Even our spouses and partners, right? They want to take care of us. We, at the end of the day, still have to be the one to submit resignation paperwork. We have to be the ones to find a new job or decide to stay home or whatever it is. And if you have that option, um, I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful that you do because I know a lot of people feel like they don't. And I would argue in a way we all do and also in a way that some don't. It's definitely a hard decision, but I just want to let you know, I support you. And if that's ever something you want to chat about, um, I actually know some awesome people that help teachers find other jobs. And, you know, for a while, I didn't even want to say that because I didn't want teachers to think I'm anti-teaching. It's not that at all. If you are still loving teaching, despite everything, then that's amazing. And you're probably a super teacher. And I'm so grateful you're in the classroom, but sometimes people need to leave, or sometimes people just need a break. And I don't think we should put a stigma on that. It's better for them, their families, the students that they teach. It's better for everyone. If the people who are in the classroom are energized and there's so much else that goes into that, right? Like if teacher pay was better, if maybe our student loans could be canceled or forgiven, then yeah, it'd be so much better. But alas, that's what it is right now. So that's demoralization. I would say teacher burnout is a bit different from what I'm seeing and what I've been feeling even personally is that teacher burnout is just like a feeling of depletion. Like you have nothing else to give or offer that you've literally exhausted all measures. You've tried everything and that you just can't seem to get the spark, to get the energy, to get the motivation that you need to get back into the classroom. And I will say that math is one of those things for so many people. And I don't know why we don't, we don't say this with many other things, like maybe with art, maybe we say we're not artists or I can't draw, but for some reason, math is one of those things, right? That we say we're not math people. And I know you've heard me talk about this before. So we say we're not math people and we just decide like that's not for us or our students say that. And then we just feel like, well, what is the point? Like, I don't even feel like I'm a math person. How can I teach the student? They want nothing to do with math. And so doing that over and over again leads to those feelings of futility and burnout because you just feel like there's nothing else that you could possibly offer. And I want to say those feelings are totally real. I feel like that sometimes like it's, it's not just about skill and competency because you can always work on those things. But if we don't have that step in the beginning, if we don't have the motivation to do it, or if we feel like it's not worthy of our time, then we're not going to do the things that we need to do to get those skills. And this is not like a dig or judgment on anyone because that's what our students feel, right? Our students feel often that like, what is the point? of working so hard to understand these concepts that we're teaching them when they don't really see any practical or practical use or application, or they just don't see a point. 
I've had fourth and fifth graders tell me I'm not going to graduate high school anyway. So what's the difference? Or even if I did go to college and did get a good job, where am I going to work out here on the reservation? And those questions are completely valid and they're hard to answer. And honestly, even the most well-meaning person could not tell them hundred percent because we can't read the future. So I totally just, I just want to say that I feel you if, if that's where you're at, if you're just feeling, if you're feeling burnt out, exhausted, depleted, or if you're just feeling demoralized because you know, you're frustrated that teachers still don't have the respect or the pay or the benefits that they should, that we're not supported adequately by admin and districts and government. And if you're feeling that way, then I just want to know that I want you to know that you're not alone. And honestly, that's the reason for the podcast. That's the reason I do what I do is just to let you know that you're not alone. Like I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it's not enough for like, to me, at least for a math coach or someone like that to say it. And when I say math coach, I mean, someone who's not in the classroom because yes, of course, if they've been in the classroom, they know how they know how to teach, or at least they did. But even someone who was in the classroom 10 years ago is not in the cl- same classroom that they're in today. And I would say even two years ago, it's not the same because you're teaching not in a post-pandemic world, but in a, I guess, post-rest pandemic world because we're getting to the point where people are just like, okay, move on, even though things are still happening. And that's really hard. And you probably haven't had a lot of personal time to digest and process everything. So just a couple of things to kind of go over and and just let you know that like one, self-care, oh my gosh, who else is burnt out on that word, right? But taking care of yourself, it shouldn't be an indictment. I hear so many times like, oh, well, do you have good boundaries? Do you have, are you taking care of yourself? Are you exercising? And it's almost like a, I don't know, I guess gaslighting. I don't know if, that, if that's the right word, but it's like, no, it's like my, my concerns are legitimate. The things I'm complaining about are actually real and they need to be handled. But then it gets turned on you saying like, well, are you doing everything you could do? Are you really doing your best in the classroom? Are you using the right strategies? And of course, like I'm a huge fan of using effective strategies in the classroom and connecting with your students. Like that's another one I hear. Well, are you connecting with your students? Oh, it exhausts me to no end to see like teachers saying that and what teachers are, what the teachers are saying when they complain. I mean, yes, the the complaints are legitimate, but they're often saying I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. I just need support. I need someone to understand me. And then we're trying to like fix it. And the problem is like the things that we're suggesting are just band-aids, the underlying cause, like those are symptoms. The things that are the underlying causes are the things we're complaining about. And those things are so systemic and institutional that they're not going to be fixed overnight, unfortunately. I wish they were. But I want you to know that you don't have to take that all on your own. That's another reason for the Facebook group. Like I'm here here to support you any way I can, whether that is with instructional strategies in math or whether that's just someone to commiserate with. Um, I'm happy to be that person with you and for you. And like I said, I don't know everything. But as soon as I know something, as soon as I figure something out, I share it with you guys. That's what I'm all about. And so I know that's why I don't even call myself an expert because I am in the classroom, in the trenches with you. So I hope you know that. I hope that you know you're not alone and feel free to reach out to me if you need help. And of course, if you're at the point where you're feeling like you need, you know, you need therapy, you need counseling, don't be afraid to go search after it. Okay. Because again, no one else is living your life, but you, you're the one who has to live with yourself. I just want to let you know if that's what you need, then go for it. I support you. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I really hope that it helped you and I would love to connect with you and get to know you more. 
You can follow me on Instagram over at Math with Minis, or you can find me on Facebook. And feel free to come join our Facebook group if you haven't already. We're the Upper Elementary Math PLC. Or you can just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash math with minis. Until next time.